0: Friends, welcome back to the Ransom Tart Podcast. In the studio today, John Eldridge and Craig McConnell. I think most of our listeners over the years are aware that Craig has been in a five-year cage fight with leukemia. And we've had some highs and we've had some lows, and there's been an awful lot of lows over those five years. And... Those of you who have been through chemo know it's just brutal. And so over the course of those years, Craig and Lori have lost a number of vacations, vacation time, time with the kids. And the good news is Craig's doing better this year. Craig's feeling better. Ah, thank God. You got a vacation.
1: Yes. Oh, John. Yeah transcendent. It was wonderful. It was everything our bodies, our hearts, our spirit and soul needed. We, some friends advised to go sailing with them and we were sailing in the Caribbean and it really had so little to do with sailing actually. It was all about just sleeping with the convertible top-down and looking at the stars and rain squalls at night and the tropic air and warm, salty water floating like a turtle, if you could picture that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you were the sea turtle?
1: Yes. Yeah, just floating. Yeah. and But just, just life coming back and joy. And just savoring and lingering in beauty, oh, John, it was it was like heaven. Mm. It was heaven on earth? Mm. Was what it was, and ah, uh, it's Spec- just so refreshing. Oh, especially
0: after so much, mm-hmm. just physical affliction, and mm-hmm. then soul—you know—soul affliction to be in beauty, to be in rest. Mm -hmm. To be out on the ocean. Mm -hmm. You know, and it feels like those
1: moments are so rare, and they are, and yet when you're really in that sweet spot of just being renewed in the presence of God and the beauty, it's like that's what we were designed for.
0: Isn't it? Yeah. Friends, I think that if you'll flip back through your – the photo album of your memory, that there are those moments. Yes. There are those moments. I'm just thinking of some family dinners we had last summer out on the deck, candlelight, Mm. moonlight, conversation, laughter, storytelling, just rare, rare moments with the family and our adult children. And, oh, gosh, those are the kinds of moments that you just – You just wish would go on forever, Mm -hmm. you know, and something in you just goes, I'm home. Like, I found it. Like, this is a taste of what I was meant for. Mm -hmm. I I have a funny confession. I'm beginning to develop an incredible sympathy for Imelda Marcos. (laughs) And her shoes. And her shoes. (laughs) 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 Stay with me. Listeners, if you are familiar with the story, Marcos, and his wife Imelda, dictator of the Philippines back in the seventies and eighties, and she had this shoe fetish, and among the many problems and corruptions in the government, you know, they had this lavish lifestyle, which included she had thousands. Of pairs Uh of designer, high-end, Italian, Parisian shoes, right? Yeah. Acres. (laughs) Acres of shoes. And, you know, you look at those reports and you're like, that is just whacked. No, it's not. Like, when you begin to get in touch again with what your heart was made for, when you begin to just feel the ache – Mm-hmm. For how life was meant to be Eden, paradise, yes. joy, happiness, love, yeah. goodness, wonder, beauty, feasting. I was just going to say food. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you understand stuff mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of pairs of shoes, like the human heart's ability to attach. Mm-hmm. And even the biochemistry of our bodies, the, our capacity for addiction, says something really crucial about us. Yes. And it sets us up for a terrible dilemma, you know, because I'm so glad you had that vacation. Mm-hmm. I really am. And I'm so sorry it's over. Yeah. Yeah. Like wonderful moments that do not last. And then back to, quote, real life. And I hate that phrase, you know, mm-hmm. because it's not real life. You know, yeah. it's, it's east of Eden. Back to exile. <laughs> <laughs> like, where do we take our hearts? You know, how do we not become Imelda Marcos? Like,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: we're introducing a conversation, friends, on idolatry that I think is going to be really helpful to all of us, some reminders of some things you, you already know to be true and some insights into maybe some new categories for you. But you've got to start with, oh, my gosh, my heart, my soul is made yeah. for beauty and joy and yes. those great moments.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, when we were on these highlands, met a couple of people who lived there. And I'm thinking that's the secret. Oh. Gotta live here. Oh, can you imagine this 365 days a year? So we're talking to him, and he goes, "Oh man, it gets so old. It is so hard to what? live here." He what? He only comes uh, to the island seasonally because he just can't take it. I'm going. Don't say that. <laughs> You're messing with yeah. my with my dreams. If only. <laughs> If only, oh, John, you know, a quote on what we're talking about here that's always just captured my understanding of addiction is um, by Maurice Robertson. And uh, he said, ecstasy and delight are essential to the believer's soul and they promote sanctification. We were not meant to live without spiritual exhilaration, and the Christian who goes for a long time without the experience of heartwarming will soon find himself Mm. tempted to have his emotions satisfied from earthly things and not, as he ought, from the Spirit of God. The soul is so constructed that it craves fulfillment from things outside itself. And it will embrace earthly joys for satisfaction when it cannot reach spiritual ones. The believer is in spiritual danger if he allows himself to go any length of time without tasting the love of Christ and savoring the felt comforts of a Savior's presence. When Christ ceases to fill the hearts with satisfaction, our souls will go in silent search of other lovers.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's one of those, oh, man, quotes. (laughs) You know, it's like, dang, it's true. I mean, like, even just to be reminded of a couple big ideas of like, wait a second, like, pleasure and happiness and joy are essential to sanctification. Like, just that
1: thought. Yeah. Well, and he says ecstasy. (laughs) I can go with pleasure (laughs) and satisfaction and joy but ecstasy it feels like a level up
0: no it's true it's true we were just with some guys at a boot camp and one of the things we do is uh, we pray through our sexuality consecrating cleansing healing our sexuality and i was just so struck by why is that such a powerful snare. Like, why does that work? Well, it's because of ecstasy. You know, we'll use words like eroticism or you know, baser things like Mm -hmm. pornography to describe it, but no, it's like the soul the soul craves love, Mm -hmm. ecstasy, joy, happiness, Mm -hmm. evenings on a sailboat in the Caribbean, Mm -hmm. or whatever your version of that is. That You know, that was a perfect fit for Craig and Laurie and for some much needed restoration. But we all have our version of that, that we think if only it could go 365 days a year, you know, we could just get there. We'd nail it. Yeah.
1: Well, if I can't get the Caribbean on a sailboat, going 70 down the freeway eating a bag of Cheetos is a close second.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's embarrassing. If we'll just be frank for a moment, like what we will do to try yeah. and somehow ease the ache. Mm-hmm. It may not satisfy but what we will do to just try and get a little something. Mm-hmm. And I loved Robert's last line there about the soul will go in silent search for other lovers. Yeah. You read the prophets, and I love Phil Yancey's expression. It sounds like listening to a lover's quarrel through the apartment wall. Like, God is upset. You have been unfaithful to me. Right? And yeah. and, and he's ranting. He's like, has anybody ever seen this before? Has anybody ever heard of this? That if people abandon their God and go, in, you know, in search of these idols and – he talks about abandoning the fountain of living water and Jeremiah and digging broken cisterns. Like he's he's clearly upset. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's the upsetness of a spurned lover, mm-hmm. of a betrayal.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading a passage this morning uh, where Isaiah is rebuking the people and say, you cut down a tree that you've watered and nurtured and grown and – you burn half of it to keep warm and then you carve the other half and worship it. It's God. And it's like you know, the idiocy of it he tries to expose.
0: You know, I love the Gospel of John, I love his letters. At the end of First John, he has this beautiful kind of last word to us. First John five, the end of the, the epistle. Last two verses, we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Last verse, dear children, keep yourselves from idols end of the letter. And you go, wait a second. Like, 1 John, as a letter, is absolutely incredible. The love of God, Mm -hmm. your identity in Christ, who you are as a child of God, the victory, the promises. He gets down to the end. The last thought, you can just see the old guy writing away, maybe even dictating. And his last thought is, oh, by the way, keep yourself from idols, Mm -hmm. dear ones, dear children.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Why do you suppose... He lays that out there at the end.
1: Wow. Well, there's some link, obviously, between the worship of idols and the life we so deeply want to live and we're designed to live. And there is no enjoying or living that life apart from intimacy with God, and the idolatry can feel so subtle, but it will keep you from that life. Yep. You know, one of the things I was struck by in Isaiah was in 44, Isaiah says that when we look to idols that God – Smears our eyes so that we can't see clearly, and it's like you start going down the road of another god, and you can't be objective. You can't see clearly. No, your appraisal of your world, your condition, everything. Oh, there's always an changed. excuse.
0: Yeah, there's always an excuse. There's yeah. always a reason. So, pause, friends who are listening along with us. Could you name a few? Could you name a few of your idols, things you go to for a taste of, yes, yes, what your heart was meant for? Of course. These things have a pull for a reason, for heaven's Mm -hmm. sakes. They're not idols. They're not false gods because they don't work, right? There's a taste there. There's an experience. There's a little something. So as we're tracking along, let's pull this out of the theoretical – Friends, can you name a few of the places you go, the things you cling on to, what you give your heart over to? And the fascinating thing is, if you can't rattle off (laughs) at least the leading contenders. Oh, I thought you were going to say 15 or 20. (laughs) What does that say about that delusion, Craig, about that lack of clarity? Like Mm -hmm. if we just pause for a moment, just be honest and say, okay, where do I go? One of the things God was revealing again to me was a very surprising idol, I think, to some people, ministry. Like those who are in the ministry, those who are ministers of the gospel – make idols of their work or of the ministry or of what, you know, and all that's connected to it, the praise that comes yeah. your way, you yeah. know, the adoration of people, the influence you have. Mm-hmm. And and Jesus just saying, could you walk away from it all tomorrow? Mm-hmm. John, could mm-hmm. you just literally walk away and go work at Home Depot? Could you do that? That kind of question exposes really quickly what's getting tangled up in there. Yeah, that's good. You know, when
1: I think of the question, where do I turn, I immediately went to the question of where do I turn when I'm under pressure, when things are hard or difficult, or I'm not feeling well and I mean, where I go is, one is food. Oh, the comfort that brings. And, I mean, that just changes my body chemistry, mellows me out. I'm good.
0: Oh, yeah. Releases endorphins. You're happy. Come on.
1: Hey, got a piece of pound cake? (laughs) Over the triune god.
0: (laughs) Okay, okay. Fred's little footnote. One of our favorite lines is from the movie. Is it, Ernest saves the world? Something smally. Anyway, there's this great line where he's called his therapist. He's in crisis. He's called his therapist. And his therapist says to him, can you get to a pound cake? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's so funny about that? It works. Yes, it does. Like literally chemically within inside of you. These things, they trigger reactions. There's a release of the you know the neurochemicals that bring peace and comfort and – right?
1: Yeah, I'd put it. It just tastes good.
0: (laughs) 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 Okay. So we're trying to encourage you to name a few of your idols. This is another kind of surprising one for me. Like it feels so legitimate. I just don't even want to name it as an idol, but order. Mm. Things as they ought to be. I put in quotation marks, things as they ought to be. So I'm just amazed that when I'm feeling unsettled, restless, unfilled, you know, that condition that Roberts was describing in that quote about it's been a while since I've been filled by God or his kingdom or the gifts of heaven. If I could just fix everything, just fix the chaos, reduce chaos and going to order Mm -hmm. and even further into that, what I'm actually after is beauty. I want things to be beautiful in my home, my office, my yard. If I can just achieve the presence of beauty, there's just this kind of rest that comes to my soul. Mm -hmm. And again, let me say, of course, our hearts were made for beauty. You're made for Eden. Like that's not the issue, gang. Mm -hmm. The issue is what is the function it's serving, Mm -hmm. right? It's not – the gift of the vacation to you guys, beauty on the water as a gift Mm. from God. Mm -hmm. It's arranging for, grasping for a desperate soul trying to fill itself Mm -hmm. kind of beauty. It's order in order to get to beauty can be this huge idol for me.
1: Boy, I'm all for order. I was working in my garage this weekend and I went through about four boxes of baggies just... You know, I've got a box of just hardware, loose screws, nails, little widgets. And I decided that the best thing to do with this mess, which is my life, uh, is to organize it. (laughs) And it was remarkable how much better I felt after putting things in baggies and then putting them in a container, clearly marked miscellaneous hardware. And what was so funny, Judd, was it was like geologic layers in this storage box of previous times where i've organized things and i didn't even know i had this crap you know it's just piles of bags with stuff in it and they're labeled miscellaneous hardware and i feel good and so there's something about order Mm. and then another one for me is just isolation the best way to deal with stress for me is
0: just Kind of check out. Oh, absolutely. Dissociate. Well, not that serious. but (laughs) I'm I'm giving a personal (laughs) confession.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but just find some reason to check out. I'm tired. I'm this. I'm that. And just to be away and alone. It's a little more kosher in the Christian community Mm -hmm. than – Mm-hmm. than having the third cocktail or, right. or whatever.
0: right? Although the third cocktail works. It works too. It's a handy alternative. Oh, oh man, I'll tell you what, it is a good thing too that God got a hold of my drinking a few years ago because otherwise, when you take what your heart is made for and then you put it in this world, like this experience of the partial and the not yet and oh, my gosh, we are fish out of water, just just Mm -hmm, gasping. Our gills are flapping. We're just, uh, you know, sucking for Mm -hmm. the environment that we were made for. And, yeah, we are idle factories. We are. We will create them. And some of the things we've just described can sound really benign. Order, come on, guys. Beauty, give me a break. You know, it's the sexual addictions, it's the chemical addictions, it's Mm. the things that people destroy their lives over. Yeah, we get it. We get it. I came really close to that with alcohol for sure. Again, the addictive capacities of the human being biologically, neurologically, but also soulfully just point us to we are worshiping beings created for paradise. And therefore – if we do not have a life in God that is sustaining us now, mm-hmm. and we do not have a genuine hope of the coming kingdom, like the paradise really is coming to us, of course we're going to create idols. Are you kidding me? You can't live without that. Mm-hmm. And the scriptures are pretty, pretty strong mm-hmm. on what idolatry does to us the havoc that it wreaks in our lives and what it does to our relationship with God. So I think what we'll do is pick up the second part of this conversation next time and just leave you kind of beginning to wonder in some of these categories, friends. Yeah, what do I do? I'm Imel Marcos. Mm-hmm. What are my shoes, right? What am I giving my soul to in hopes of some return of Life, peace, joy, comfort, assurance, protection. Mm -hmm. What is it? You've been listening to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. John Eldridge and Craig McConnell in a conversation on, oh, everything our souls were made for, basically, and the danger of idolatry. We'll pick it up next time.